Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we're going to wrap up our series, What is Easter? And in this series, we've been exploring those who encountered the risen Jesus. There were many people who encountered the risen Savior, Jesus. And a number of those are recorded for us in Scripture. We began on Easter Sunday as we explored the encounter that Mary Magdalene, through her tear-filled eyes, had with Jesus at the empty tomb. And then the following week, we did the road to Emmaus, where two disciples were on their way in dismay of everything that had occurred, and Jesus comes alongside of them. And then last week, we were with the disciples, and then later on, you know, Thomas in the room where they were locked behind closed doors, and Jesus comes and speaks words of peace and hope. Today, today we're on the shore. It's time for breakfast. Let's go to our Lord in prayer. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day, for the gift of your amazing love. A love, Lord, which brought you to step into our world in human flesh so that you could suffer and die for us, rise again, that, Lord, not only are we truly forgiven, we have life in you, life today, life tomorrow, life forever. We thank you for this gift of love and life that we have in you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Well, as you think about you know, this morning, it starts with a little bit of a breakfast. So my question for you this morning to kick things off is, what is one of your favorite breakfasts? Breakfasts, breakfasts, breakfasts. I played with that for a while. What is one of your favorite breakfasts? I mean, I'm assuming you have more than just one. Of course, maybe some of you don't eat breakfast. Anyone not eat breakfast? How could you not eat breakfast? This is the most important meal for the day, though I hear that's not necessarily true. It is the most important meal for me, at least when I get up in the morning, because I'm hungry. I've got to have breakfast. You know, and breakfast, sometimes if I'm healthy, breakfast is like oatmeal. Oatmeal with blueberries and hemp seed and chai seed and sunflower seeds. Some of you are like, that's disgusting. <laughs> and no sweeteners. This is just a good, healthy breakfast. Mmm. You know, or eggs. I like eggs. And I do eggs, you know, a couple of eggs with some lettuce and tomatoes. And, and some of you are getting like, wait, what? But you know, my, one of my favorite breakfasts, though, is a big stack of French toast. You know, swimming a little bit of butter, kind of just dripping down the side. I, you know, I prefer honey versus syrup, you know. It was just kind of drizzling. Yeah, how many of you are like, oh, now I'm hungry? <laughs> you know, and I know, I know it's really healthy for you. One of those really thick slices of bacon or two, or three, four, you know. <laughs> And you know, the one thing that is consistent with all three of these breakfasts is a nice big cup of strong coffee. Yeah. You know, breakfast, I, I just love breakfast. And I, and this is, maybe this is one of my favorite, you know, Easter encounters is because it includes breakfast. But also because I think I, I kind of relate to this conversation that unfolds here with Jesus and, and Peter. But let's start with that. You know, what, what gets them there? Well, the first thing is, and we're going to read this verse here. We didn't read this verse this morning. Verse 3, Luke, or Luke, sorry, John 21. Read this together with me. Simon Peter said to the others, I'm going fishing. And they told him, we're going with you. 
And they went out in a boat, but didn't catch a thing that night. Now, if you know Simon Peter, if you, if you know some of the gospel encounters, I mean, Simon is what? He is a fisherman. And some of the others were probably John and James, who he's in partnership with, and, and their, their father. You know, John and James, the sons of Zebedee. And if, after everything that's gone on, you know, Jesus, he, he suffered and died, buried in the tomb. Now he's shown himself twice already to the disciples. He's alive. And they've probably been cooped up in this house. I don't know about you. Like, if you've ever been cooped up after winter, you know, when it's really cold outside, it's a nasty, and there's a nice, beautiful day. And how many of you are, like, eager to get outside and do something? Or, like, you know, as the weather gets nicer, you're, you're eager to get outside and start working on your garden? You know, so I imagine Peter's kind of like that. Peter's like... I've had it. We've been locked up. I'm done. I'm going fishing. It's something that he knows. It's something he can kind of just do. There's probably a certain kind of rhythm in that work that he does in fishing that is kind of relaxing. And so he's going to kind of go back to something that he knows what to do. And, and there are many of the others, they join him, and they go out in this boat, and they fish all night long. And they catch what? Nothing. In fact, it kind of sounds similar to Peter's first encounter with Jesus. Because when Jesus and Peter first encountered, the first encounter that's recorded in the scripture is they had been fishing all night long, then they're mending their nets, you know, didn't catch anything. And then Jesus comes and asks Peter if he can use his boat to kind of cast off from shore like a pulpit. And he preaches, he shares the good news of God's love to the crowds that are gathered around. And then, then Jesus says to Peter, hey, Sit out into the deep waters, let down your nets for a catch. And Peter's like, um, we've been fishing all night long. We haven't caught a thing. They're not biting. And plus, this is the middle of the day. It is not the best time to go fishing. If you know anything about fishing, you don't usually fish in the middle of the day. But Peter's like, well, okay, if you say so, I'll go out. Does it, lets down the net, and they do what? They catch a ton of fish. So much so that the boat's beginning to sink and, you know, Peter's calling to this partners, come over, come on, come on, we got to get more, you know, boats so we get all the fish brought into shore. And then, you know, they get back to shore and, and that's when Peter's eyes are kind of open. He's like, get away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. I've messed up in ways you would never believe what I've done. And then Jesus invites Peter to be a fisher of men. He invites him to follow So we have Peter and the other disciples are out in the boat. They haven't caught anything. And there's this guy on the shore who yells out, hey, did you catch anything? And of course they say, no. Or maybe you're like, mm, catch anything. He says, well, let down your net for a catch. And you know, why they do this, I don't know. You know, but they let down their nets, and it's only after they let down their nets and they start hauling in all these fish that it dawns on them, it's the Lord. And so Peter, you know, who's kind of taken off his outer cloak, you know, and is in kind of like his boxer shorts or something like that, they're fishing with the guys, you know, wraps his cloak back on, hops in the water, and this is Peter, because Peter's just typically very impetuous. He's swimming his way to the shore. And then Jesus says these words to him. Let's do John 21, verse 12. We read together. Jesus told them, come have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared ask him who he was. They knew he was the Lord. Now remember, Jesus had already appeared to the disciples. The first time he appeared to the ten, minus Thomas, 
who wasn't there, showed himself. And then he appeared again to the tent. This time Thomas is with them. You know, this is what we looked at last week. And, you know, Thomas put his hands, his fingers in the wounds and the hands in the side. They know it's Jesus. They're still amazed and awed that their friend, their teacher, who had died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, is now alive. They're still trying to make sense of what this means and the fulfillment of God's promise in Jesus' resurrection. And Jesus simply says, come and have breakfast. Again, I just, I just love how kind of earthy that is. It, 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 it's yet, there's so much depth here. Come and eat. I know you're hungry. You've been fishing all day long. And there, similar to one of the miracles that Jesus had when he fed into the thousands with bread and fish, he has for them on the fire some bread and fish. Nah, probably not the breakfast you're thinking of having. But they gather on the fire. Nobody asks them anything. You can imagine they're like, you say something. No, no, you say something. And they eat quietly. But then as they're eating, you know, Jesus you know, has this conversation with Peter. Let's go to our next set of verses here, verse 15. After they had eaten breakfast, go ahead and read this with me. Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than the other disciples do? Simon, do you love me? Now, let's we'll step back just, you know, about two weeks earlier. They had come into Jerusalem, you know, Jesus riding the donkey, as we call Palm Sunday, all the fanfare, all the excitement, and then things quickly change. They're in the upper room celebrating the Passover. Jesus is instituting with them a new meal. We call it the Lord's Supper, communion. And Jesus is saying, you will all abandon me. And Peter's like, never would I abandon you. I will follow you even to death. And Jesus says, you know, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And of course, that's exactly what happened. Peter denies knowing Jesus as he's watching, you know, the criminal case go on, this mock trial. And so you can imagine as he's eating breakfast there with Jesus and the other disciples and quietly just probably eating what's going through his mind. Because if you've ever hurt someone that you love and you care about, you know, that can linger. Even though maybe they have forgiven you, it still lingers. You know what you've done and what you've said or maybe what you failed to do. You know how you've, you've cheated. You know how you have abused that relationship. And so is Peter. He knows how he messed up. He knows the commitment that he made and the commitment that he failed to keep. And now Jesus asks this question. Simon, do you love me? Now, to have a little deeper understanding of this, we have to understand the word love. Because in our English language, how many words do we have for love? Well, we have one. That word is what? Love. Okay, got that out. In the Greek, there's a number of different languages, or languages, words. One of those words is the word agape. And you maybe have heard this word before. Agape is a willful, sacrificial love that intentionally desires another's highest good. It is an unconditional love. So when Jesus 
asked Simon Peter, do you love me? He is using this word here. He's saying, Simon Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me with a sacrificial love? Now, again, think about Peter, who three times, after he committed to even dying with Jesus, denies him three times. Simon Peter, do you love me? And, of course, Simon Peter says, yes, Lord, you know I love you. But guess what? Because we're talking about this, he uses a different word for love. And that word that he uses for love is this word here, phileo. It's it's connected to like the word Philadelphia, because you know that's the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. So this is is love of a friendship. You know, someone you regard with affection, someone you cherish. Think of your best friend. You know, those, those good friends that you love to hang out with, this is the kind of love that Peter says, Lord, I, I, I phileo you. And then Jesus asked the question a second time, Peter, do you what? Do you love me? Do you agape me? And I just imagine what that's like. Peter's, you know, just kind of pausing for a second and says, Lord, he knows that he can't love Jesus unconditionally. Lord, I, I phileo you. Lord, I love you. I cherish you. you. You are my friend. I love you like a brother. And then the third time, Jesus says, Son Peter, do you love me? But I think this is a pure gospel moment because Jesus does something here which we don't capture in the English. Because this time Jesus says, Simon Peter, do you phileo me? And Simon says, Lord, I phileo you. I love you. I think what Jesus is doing here is restoring Peter. Jesus is accepting Peter as he is. And Peter, Peter is one who's broken. He is one that has messed up numerous times in his life. He is one that is committed to serving and following Jesus, yet abandoned him and denied him. And while breakfast is awesome, the reason I really love this Easter encounter is because I can see myself just like Peter. I could think back on the moments in my life, the moments this past week, where I was committed to serving Jesus, to loving others, and yet I have failed to do so. But if I was having breakfast with Jesus, whether it was my oatmeal, my eggs, or a big stack of French toast with bacon, then Tim goes, ah. That if I was having that breakfast with Jesus, I'd be eating kind of quiet because I would know I would know he knew what thoughts raced through my mind, how my anger got the best of me, how my heart failed to love him and to love others. To know that I cannot love him in the way that he loves me, the way that he loves you, the way that he loves the world he loves us with an agape love, a love that is unconditional, a love that is unending. And yet his invitation for us to love him 
but that phileo love, that love to cherish him, to follow him. It's a commitment that he renews us in each and every day. It's also why part of the reason when we gather and celebrate, we confess our sins. We say, Lord, I know where I've messed up. I know where I've gone wrong. And we hear those words, your sins are forgiven. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It is the assurance that no matter how many times you and I have messed up, no matter how many times we have sinned, he loves us. He loves you. The psalmist picks up on this. Psalm 103, pardon me for a second. Psalm 103, verse 10. Let's read this together. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. You know what Jesus could have done with Peter? Maybe if Jesus was more like you with me, be like, well, Peter, what do you have to say for yourself? You made a commitment and you failed. But when we encounter our God, we encounter a God who loves us, even though we have failed him, even though we have failed each other. A God who forgives us. A God who does not deserve us, treat us as we deserve, or repay us according to our iniquities, according to our sins, according to our wrongful deeds. Paul also picks up about this on his letter to the church. Another one like Peter, who couldn't understand what it means to really follow God, to have failed, and to live not in that failure, but to live in his grace and forgiveness. Romans 5, verse 8. Let's read together. But God showed how much he loved us by having Christ die for us, even though we were sinful. Even though we were sinful. Even while we were still sinners. This is how God demonstrates his love. Not when we followed him perfectly. Not because we followed him perfectly. Because we can't. Even while we were sinful and rebellious, God shows his love for us, his love for you, by having Christ die. That is the agape love of God for you, for me, for the world. You know, I think Peter was thinking, which I often think, even though I know better not to think that way, and I still get myself in that pattern, of what I think a lot of us do as human beings. As those who, you know, come to church and, and, and we hear the scriptures and stuff, is that we think, I've messed up, so how could God want me or use me? How could God want anything to do with me? That would be racing through Peter's head. They're like, I denied you three times, Jesus. Why would you want me? But here's the truth. Is that we are not useless to God when we mess up. We are not forgotten by God when we mess up. We are not unforgiven by God when we mess up. We are not unloved by God. God loves you. And just like he loves Peter, he loves you. And just like Peter messed up, we mess up. You mess up, I mess up. And just like Jesus restores Peter, so he restores you in his love. Here at Holy Savior, we talk about growing in Jesus and sharing his love. And growing in Jesus, one of the ways we grow in Jesus is growing in our understanding, our belief, our confidence that he loves who? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I thought you'd be a little more... God loves who? Yes. Us, me, however you want to say it. Yes. That God loves you. 
And he calls us then, just like he called Peter, to share that love with the world. For us, one of the ways we say that, you know, we share that with the mission field, which is where? It's right under our feet, wherever God has planted us. Here in Lincoln, all over the world, in the places that we work, the places we have fun, the places that we learn, places we shop, we share his love. So here's a question for us to, to ponder and, and kick around as we reflect on what it means to be loved by God. We are continually being called by Jesus. So here's the questions for you. Where have you been called by Jesus to go? And what is God calling you to do now? How is God calling you to live in his love and to share his love? Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift, your amazing love. Lord, a love that we do not deserve. And just as we see, you restore Peter. You accept him for who he is, Lord. And how you continue working in him to shape him and mold him, Lord. You accept us for who we are, as we are. Lord, you continue working in us and shaping us and molding us with your love, with your grace, with your mercy. So, Lord, as we live in that love, we become a witness to the love we have in you to all others. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.